good morning. Good morning. Beautiful day outside. Good to be here. Brent, you might need to turn that down just a little. Is it loud? Was it good? Okay. You're all right then. All right. Thankful for, for Rob stepping in up here. He did a good job. It's a little nerve wracking, isn't it? Wait till you preach. <laughs> but good, good to be here. Um, I think, pretty sure he hit all the announcements. Um, the only other thing I can think of, since my deacons let me miss the Lord's Supper service, we'll need to be scheduling one of those pretty soon here. So we'll, we'll talk and get that scheduled. Yeah, last Sunday night, or I think it was a couple weeks ago, John, after the service, John's like, I think we were supposed to have Lord's Supper tonight. I'm like, good to tell me now. <laughs> Just a lot going on, folks. Uh, anybody with a special song this morning? Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made, I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy path. The universe displayed Then sings my soul My Savior God to Thee How great Thou art How great Thou art Then sings my soul scares can take it in that on the cross my burden gladly bearing he bled and died to take away my sin then sings my joy shall fill my heart 
then I shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim my God how great thou art then sings my soul my Savior God to thee how great thou art how great thou art then sings my soul my savior god to thee how great thou art how great thou art all right got your bibles open up to the second to second timothy chapter four Second Timothy chapter four. By the way, it is so good to see Brother Kenny back there. So good to see him. Glad he's here. So for the last little bit, we've been kind of back to the basics, if you will. We uh, talked a lot about church membership and, and being part of the body. We, we started the church covenant, which hopefully we'll get back to God willing here in a few weeks. Today's going to be a little different. And you're like, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> but you know I'm different, so it's all good, right? It's going to be a little different. Today, this morning's going to be kind of what is the pastor's duty as far as the church goes? My responsibility is as far as the church goes. And I'm, all week long, I've kind of been struggling with this. Like, how do I preach what I'm supposed to do to them? Like, <laughs> Tony, you ever had to do that? Like, how, that's weird, isn't it? But uh, well, God will get us through it. So I've been, been reading some of the, the Constitution this week as far as the pastor's duties go. Just a couple to, to throw out here that uh, I've been reading. Pastor is responsible for the spiritual oversight of church members given to prayer and study of God's word, of course, to, to preach and teach God's word, to administer church ordinances, which I fell right there because we missed a couple weeks ago. Um, someone needs some help, deacons. And then along with the deacons, care of the congregation. So a couple of the, the pastoral epistles from Apostle Paul, you know, we've, we've actually had a Bible study over Titus not too terribly long ago. And God's been bringing me back here to, to 2 Timothy. Remember last week we preached the, the mothers, you know, passed on their faith to Timothy. So this week we'll be actually be in chapter 4. But just a couple of things, you know, to think, to think about and keep in mind here. So Paul was about to be executed. He was sitting in a prison. And from what I could tell, he had just a hole that he could, you know, pass letters and things back and forth. So he was facing persec- he was facing death actually. So when you think about this, I mean think about the stuff that he could have been telling Timothy versus what he actually told, told Timothy. So keep that in mind as we go through some of this. But some of the other things, you know, through the first parts of the chapter, just some of the high points um, that, that Paul was instructing Timothy to do, the first one was to be not ashamed of the gospel, hold fast to it. 
The second one kind of goes along with it. Be strong in the grace of Christ Jesus. Endure to the end. Number three, to be a study, a worker, to show thyself approved unto God. That rightly dividing the word of truth. Then also warning against false teachings and, and perilous times to come. Those are some of the other things. And the one we want to hit this morning was the call of Paul to Timothy, the charge to preach the gospel. That's really what we want to look at this morning. So we'll read a handful of verses here in 2 Timothy chapter 4. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off in myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. We'll stop right there. So it wasn't necessarily just a charge to Timothy. It was an oath to Timothy. An oath before God and before Jesus. It was a pretty big deal. Don't you think? It was a pretty big deal. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing in his kingdom. So it was pretty serious. And there was also some urgency there. Basically looking at Christ coming back to judge the world. So to preach the word, in the Greek that is to herald or to proclaim, to announce a message publicly and with conviction. To herald refers to preaching the gospel as the authoritative word of God, bringing eternal accountability to all who hear. So proclaiming the king's word. So as a pastor, as a minister, our jobs are to proclaim Christ's words to all of you and to all the world. That's, the big, that's a big thing. And it's an important thing. Because the kingdom is at hand. There's a day coming where you're not going to have time anymore to accept it. It's important. The other thing to keep in mind, the king's message, the messenger, you've got to be real careful how you treat that messenger. Because it's not his words, it's the king's words. So you've got to be real careful. Everybody's heard, well, he's too short, he's too long, he's too windy, he's this, he's that, he didn't, see, he didn't say this right. You better be careful. Because you're not judging me as the pastor, you're judging him. You've got to be careful. Proclaim the word. But what is we as the, the preachers, the pastors, what are we supposed to preach? What are we supposed to preach? The initial thought is what? The good news of Jesus Christ. And that is absolutely true. But if you look here, it actually says, preach the word. So if you flip back to the third chapter, down about the 15th verse, it says, And how from your childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus, 
All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. It's all of it. The entire Bible. We are to preach and teach all of it. Every, you know, it's, it's funny. Everything I've been through this week, just studying this, it's like, the question pops up, why? You ever had kids when they're little? Do this. Why? Do that. Why? Do so everything I'm thinking, it's like, why? Why do we do this? Why do we do that? It's pretty simple. It all points to Christ. Every single bit of it points to Christ and His coming back. His dying, being buried, and resurrecting for all of us. It's all pretty simple. Why we do that? I was reading the, over in the, I think it was the 8th chapter of Acts, where the, the Philippian eunuch, where Philip went to him, because he was asking, I think he was reading Isaiah, and he was asking questions about what it meant. And it says there that Philip preached Jesus to him. And he was saved right then and went and was baptized. But again, it's, it's that urgency. That urgency. We are, point, we are to point people to Christ and his good news. So why is preaching important? Why is preaching important? Why is, why is the good news important? And I think we all know that answer. Why is the good news important? Because it is, according to the 15th verse back in that third chapter, it is the wisdom that leads to salvation. Wise unto salvation, I think is what it said. And again, that coming judgment. We will all stand before God at some point. Whether when we die here or when He comes back, we are all going to stand before God. And our sins are going to be accounted for. So why is it important to be saved? Because that blood of Jesus covers us. Mm-hmm. That's important. It's important to know. You know, I was just thinking about when Jesus first came back. Or when Jesus first came. Is that, that suffering servant that took away the sins of the world. Well, the second time he comes back, he's covered as, as the sovereign king. To take us home. And again, that's important. Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You see, having a part of Jesus, we are set free from all that old law. Jesus covers it all with His blood. We're set free from it. Just thinking about this a lot. When my time comes and I stand before God, no doubt the devil is going to be throwing all these horrible things up in my entire life up. See, God, He did this. See, God, He did that. He doesn't deserve this. But my Savior's going to step in and He's going to say, He's one of mine. My blood covers Him. And if you have a part in the resurrection, every one of you can say that. If you have a relationship with Jesus, everyone can 
said. And that's why it's so important that we take this message of Jesus out into the world. You know, I was reading something earlier that went to our church today. And it was talking about how the gospel of the good news is just for the church. What? How can you even say that? I think it was a message I was reading. I don't even remember. Like if the gospel is just for the church, what are we doing? He's going to say, he's one of mine. And God's going to say, enter in, thou good and faithful servant. Now, the opposite side of that, which people don't want to hear, if you don't have that relationship with Jesus, there's another place you're going to go. And and you're going to account for your sin. And God's going to say, I never knew you, you worker of iniquity. And you're going to enter in the torment of hell and be there forever. And the worst part is, you won't be with God. You know, isn't, it, isn't it odd that today in our society, people don't want to hear about hell. People don't want to hear about sin. But it's true. As the pastor, as preachers, if we don't talk about sin and hell, we just want to paint a pretty picture of heaven. And heaven's going to be awesome. Don't get me wrong. You guys ever thought of that? Like, people don't want to hear about hell anymore. Hell is real. And if you don't have that relationship with Christ, that's exactly where you're going. That's why it's so important we preach the truth. That's why it's so important. And I was thinking, we might never be this big mega church, which I don't think we'd want to anyway. We might never see a hundred people walk through that door on a Sunday morning. But I can guarantee you, as long as the three of us are here, you will hear the truth. You will hear the truth of Jesus. There's not much truth out in the world, but you will hear it here. Now I can't see you. Whew. Can't you keep it just positive, Pastor? Can't you just say good stuff and pretty stuff? And I don't, I don't know what good that would do someone that's sitting there. That's where all that other stuff comes in. The reprove, rebuke, and exhort. But you know, the other thing that Paul charged Timothy there is to be ready. Mm-hmm. To be ready in season and out of season. Sometimes it's easy to stand up here and preach. Not for me, but for those guys maybe. Sometimes it's not so easy. Sometimes it's, it, it's kind of accepted, if you know what I mean. Sometimes it's not. I'm sure they can, they can attest to that. But we still have to be ready as pastors and preachers to preach the good news. I know we've, we've backed each other up at the last minute a lot of times. We've got to be ready. Again, it comes back to that reprove and rebuke and exhort. That reprove to convince people of their sin. How do, you, how do you convince people that they are born into sin? People don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. 
That's part of our job. To show them that they need a Savior. But they don't want to hear. But Paul's saying here, preach it anyway. He's saying preach it anyway. And the rebuke and exhort. To lovingly and and I can't even read that, patiently confront sin and plead with people. Basically to help them live right. You know, that's one of the things after, after I called was, announced my call to preach, we met with Tony and Missy. And, you know, after that, I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> and Tony gave me a book. And then he wrote something. And the, the one thing that's always stood out to me is it says, always do right and follow him. That's really what this is talking about. Always do right. Live godly, holy lives with patience and teaching. But why? But why? Again, false teacher. There's so many things out here that aren't even close to the truth. And people are following it. People drank Kool-Aid to go to Mars or whatever it was. Seriously? Like, how do you even believe any of that? It's because people aren't putting time into the Word and knowing it for themselves. That's why. And that's another thing. Do you just want to hear the Gospel of Bob? I could get up here and say anything. Of course, they kick me out the door. But you have to know the Word too. Or I could get up here and say anything. And that's where a lot of this applies to all of us. Right. Yes, it's, it's pointing to the pastor and preachers. But every one of us that are a child of God or a minister of His Word. Mm-hmm. Every one of us. Every one of us. Uh. Like I said, it's, it's interesting that in this end of Paul's life, he because this would be the perfect time, wouldn't it, to just, I've been beaten, I've been mistreated, I've done this, I've done that. But he doesn't do that. He doesn't do that at all. He doesn't talk about any regrets, any complaints. He's encouraging. A guy going to death. Is encouraging Timothy. He's like passing the torch, if you will. That tells me a lot. In that, right there, that tells me a lot. He knew exactly who he was preaching for and exactly where he was going. He knew it. He knew it. And he knew when he died, he would wake up with Jesus to live as Christ. To die is game. You know, I've really been struggling as the pastor. It's hard. And that I think we talked a little bit this morning, it came up a little bit in Sunday school. That human nature sometimes kind of wants that pattern back. Or it wants that, Bob, you're doing a good job. Or, you know, I'm looking out and 
People aren't smiling. People aren't happy. Aren't, so I feel like I'm not doing good. Does that make sense? And this week, everything changed. I was ready to give it up. Because I felt like I wasn't making a difference. I felt like people just weren't getting it. They know you're this week. I have one person to be accountable to. And that is Christ Jesus. And if I can make him happy in what I'm doing, what you guys I love you, I care about you, but what you think doesn't matter. I've really been struggling with that. So sometimes, like, you just feel like when I say something, I'm like, hey man, this should be this big amen. I don't care anymore. I'm going to preach the gospel what God tells me to preach. And that's hard. Because you want to please people. You want to make people happy. But again, it comes down to people don't want to hear about sin and hell and all that. Is this making any sense at all? I don't care anymore. I love you guys. I pray for everyone in this church. But I am going to preach the gospel. Amen. No matter what. No matter if you're happy with it. No matter if I can say you want to throw me out the door. I'm going to preach the gospel. I don't know what else to say, to be honest with you. It's, it's like, almost like salvation. I know I keep going up with us. It's like when you come to that sense that all I have to please is God, mm-hmm. there's like this relief. You know what I'm saying? Like when you when you're saved, there's this relief. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing I felt this week. God took that burden off of me because I was worried. I talked to Brother Martin so many times. Like I just don't feel like I'm doing a good job. You know what? As long as he's happy, I'm gonna keep on keeping on. I'm gonna keep on keeping on. And people at Middle Ridge Street Baptist are gonna hear the truth. And they've heard that truth for the last 20 years by this man right here. I'm not going to care anymore. I'm not going to please everybody anymore. God said, son, you're doing it for me. And that's it. That's it. And the one thing I thought of is one person accepts the Lord. No matter how long short that I'm pastor, it is all worth it. Amen. There's a couple of young ladies back there that accepted the Lord, but it's all worth it. Amen. Because of the complete change of life. Mm-hmm. Yes. It is all worth it. Now I've got some grandkids coming up. It's going to be all worth it. Mm-hmm. Sorry, you guys got a ball. 
So the truth is, every single one of us, everyone out there, is born in sin. And that separates us from a loving God. But Jesus came. Lived 33 and a half years without sin. Was beaten. Crucified. Buried. He was actually in the grave for three days. And he came out on that third day for our justification. And because of that, this nine-year-old boy, when I was saved, there's a home in heaven waiting for me. And if you don't have that this morning, don't walk out those doors without it. Because everything in this world is going to go away one of these days. The nice houses, the nice cars, the nice money, all of that. Just look at your 401k now. It's going away. You can't depend on that stuff. Jesus is the solid rock that you need. The only solid rock you need. You know, there's a lot of people out there, well, you need to do this, you need to do that. You need to pray this, you need to pray that. You just need to accept Jesus that you're a sinner and He paid for you. That's all you got to do. All right, I'll quit crying. Brother Mike, would you get a verse of this home? If anyone's here this morning that doesn't know Jesus in the free part of sin, again, don't leave here without it. You can come up here, we can pray after church, whatever. Just don't leave here without it. And that is the truth. Brother Mike, we'll all stand.